Hello, my name is Margaret Ajibode, and this is a STEM Positive Disruptor. The reason why we're here today is this platform is used to be able to educate the public, um, change people's perception, demystify what STEM is, science, technology, engineering, and tech, uh, mathematics is. It's to raise awareness as well. And one of the things we want to do is bring the public into our domain and show the diverse roles and things that we do. And today I have a special guest um, on me as conversation with, and it's, her name is Laiva. And she's a research assistant at Brookhaven National Labor Laboratory. Um, I first of all, I just want to congratulate you for you being featured on the AWIS um, art about your article about nanotechnology and unlocking clean energy. So that's been quite an interesting thing. So well done on that. And also congratulations to you on your process of completing your PhD as well. So without further ado, I'll leave the, open the platform for you to have a conversation. And just tell us more about yourself and your journey as well. Okay, first of all, I'm so much thankful to you guys for having me here. It's really feeling good to be coming on such a platform and telling about myself. Good. So to start, I would say um, I initially did my undergrad in back in uh, 2000 and two, I completed my BE, that was in computer engineering, computer systems engineering, actually, and that was in Pakistan, not even in USA. So then um, after completing that, and I realized that I'm actually not a typical uh, computer type of person, I'm more towards the hardware. And I even actually did my, um, the final year projects students have in the undergrad. So that was more towards the hardware side. So I realized actually I am more intended towards electronics or so electrical side, which is more technical side. And back then it was not so very common for females, especially in those countries. But still, I'm really grateful to my parents and the people around me who supported me to move forward. And then I got into uh, um, to do my MS. I moved forward in electronics department. So then I did my MS in electronic engineering. And then mainly I focused while going through different subjects, of course, uh, that's the main time you actually decide which side approaches you or which side uh, attracts you. So I found out like renewable energy is a very interesting field, and especially uh, where we resided in Pakistan. It's like um, we are very much blessed with uh, uh, sun, sunshine. So, yes, so that was a very good start to take my career from there. Mm -hmm. So I started uh, doing my research in solar energy and I actually uh, designed a small photovoltaic system. Basically, uh, what I did in that time was um, we designed a system that could be used for like as a teaching aid in the institutes. That was a very small setup, actually, because that was at a university level. So after completing that, that was also a. Uh, I was very much appreciated for that and it gave me more encouragement. Then later on, I got married, got into the family. So that gave me a little bit of break to my career. And all that happened like around 2005 and 2006. I did a little bit. I joined academia for a while, but I could not actually perceive what I wanted to do and I wanted to really do something 
to provide clean energy, to provide uh, something sustainable for the environment, to help helping out with certain things. So time passed by. I kept my interest on looking for different things, uh, studying, helping uh, students with the engineering subjects, and reading different articles, reading some research papers. And so finally, I got a chance to get into my PhD. And meanwhile, we moved to uh, USA, like I should say, around five years back. So in USA, I could find much better opportunities. Although during all this time, things had completely and drastically changed. It was a big drastic change when I started looking back to my education. So it was we the time when I was actually doing my MSNB. That time it was the time of micro. And now when I entered, it's the time of nano. So it was a drastic change. Indeed. So things had become more smaller, more concise. So, so when I started my PhD, I was very really fortunate enough to get a chance to get enrolled in Stony Brook University here in Long Island, New York. And I was also very much blessed to have extremely helpful mentors. And they really helped me out uh, to break that bridge because that was between me and the students who were really fresh graduates and they had entered the PhD. So it was very difficult for me actually initially to cover up and compete with them because of course they were like uh, equipped with the most current and uh, all the knowledge which was that at, of that time, especially the programming and the subjects, everything. So, but I, I was really blessed to have some special mentors. Like I would definitely mention Professor Thomas here, Professor Isaman. And they really just took me out and they just encouraged me, kept brushing me that I can do it. And that's how I uh, finally came over to Brookhaven where I got a chance to work in the department of Center of Functional Nanomaterials. So they basically we focus on synthesis of nanoparticles. And that's how that's the journey from there till there. Wow. That is so, you know, it's so wonderful, so impressive, because one of the things you do show is that, look, you have to combine family. But, you know, going back slightly, you actually had a very strong support network as well. You talked about your parents, even your husband as well, enabled you to move forward. I mean, the, the thing he, they could see, although you also mentioned about not really sure where you really fit in in the bigger scheme of things, but you're still keeping you engaged and keeping interested in seeing what was going on. And you know, you, the, the, the cultural change, but also what you started off with, you realized, hold on a minute, this is the new thing, nanotechnology is a way forward and how to do that. But also you mentioned about mentors. It seems that if you didn't have that mentor, it would have been really, really hard for you. Very stressful as well, because you know, it, there's so many young people out there. There's so many females as well, because you mentioned about being come from Pakistan and there's very few females or in that in that field. And so in a way, unless you have that right support network, it's ever so difficult for you to really flourish in the best way that you like to itself. So the mentor, so you then moved from where you were into this now where you were currently at, at this um, Brookhaven. And so how did you then decide um, how did you then um, identify that nanotechnology can actually un um, unlock clean energy resources? 
Can you just talk us through that, please? Okay, actually, um, as I told you about my journey, mm -hmm. uh, when I joined uh, Stony Brook University for my PhD. So in the first semester, I should say, actually, I actually intended to continue my research in uh, solar energy. So I took subjects of solar energy and also before my prior research, like before joining into the PhD, I found out that the things like preparing the nanomaterial, uh, sorry, not the nanomaterials, preparing the materials used in the solar cells were now based on nanos. Like mm -hmm. the scale has changed. That time it was like in the macros and now it was in nanos. So to get more efficient solar energy panels, to design more efficient systems, so the way was to enter into the nanotechnology. So I took up courses and then that's how I led towards working in this, this field actually. And then I got an opportunity. Uh, there was a team working in Brookhaven National Lab. They were basically working uh, in the center of functional nanomaterials department. They were working on the synthesis of nanoparticles. And the main objective was to um, work in the same area of clean energy. So that's how I boarded them and joined them. And then because we had the same approach, so I was like maybe a right fit for them. So I was working with them, yes. Yes, that's, that's good. So, so can you just express, so how far have you got with the research? Because again, you know, you were featured with in um, the AWIS article, um, a magazine about this. So yeah. can you just expand on that? Because what, what is it you, um, from your perspective, because you, you, you realize that you're now in a place where you will flourish, where you can see an opportunity that will help you, yeah. help not just you, but the society at large, because you talked about clean energy, it's also about the improvement of making our, 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 our environment better, because you know, exactly. climate change, you know, the, the way we use energy and the type of energy and how it's causing problems to our climate and the environment. So what would you say is the key where you're going or how do you see the future of nanotechnology in relation to clean energy? Um, sure, if you talk about nanotechnology, it's being like, you know, it's being used in every technology field, every circumstance, every department of engineering, science and chemistry, everything. The scale has become so small. The things have gone into so depth because uh, first, everything was examined and seen on the on just on the top surface, but now things have gone into depth. And also, if you talk about uh, clean energy, basically, uh, at you're at Brookhaven. What actually we do is, or if you say what about my what I'm working on is uh, as on a clean energy. Basically, uh, there can be different ways how you can work towards uh, cleaning the environment. So. At present, what I'm focusing is the reduction of such gases that may be harmful for our environment. So that's the main objective at which I am working right now. For example, if you talk about radon, xenon, there are some noble gases which can be trapped and they can be reused. And also, for example, if you talk about radon gas, mm -hmm. um, if you talk about like in places where basements or buildings underground, lower level buildings. Mm -hmm. So the radon level is very, very high. And what basically they do at present, they are different um, pumpings 
for pumping out the air or pumping in fresh air. There's different such heavy systems being used in the underground to just keep the place red on free. But that's very expensive and sometimes a noise polluted systems but that creates uh, most of the times you must have even noticed in some undergrounds there are a lot loud noises pumping up the air and all that stuff so what actually by this we can also uh, do if we are the preparing the materials or doing the nanoparticle synthesis we are in search of preparing such materials that could be used for example i would give you in a simple and easy way that preparing a material being placed in a filter you can say like a air filter like you have a air humidifier or air dehumidifier something like that yeah. and you can place that filter in that device yeah. and for example all the particles like all the air is passing through that filter mm -hmm. and the and the material has to be in such a way that the dangerous gases being trapped into it passing through the clean air mm -hmm. through that ah, so the filter yeah, yeah. Yes, the filter just cleans the yeah. air in the environment. Okay. So this can this is what we are presently working on. Okay. So, and how how is that going right now? Because you know this is quite quite important. Because you know we talk about clean energy, and everyone has a different view as to how that to be. And you said there are many different ways of doing the same thing. So you talked about the filters. Is there a type of a, a special type of filter or? Is it something that's very expensive? I don't know. Again, what I want to do is let the audience understand what yeah, they do sure. and what they what you're trying to achieve and how it will help us in the future as well. Okay. Uh, if if I talk about my work, basically the filter I'm talking about, the material is still not present, but we are in the stages of doing experiments okay. in preparing that material, and we have used some materials, but of course. It has to be uh, scaled up for a larger level. So we have tried some experiments on the lower level, like in this, um, you can say in the small setup of um, the XPS, it's like a small chamber with a small amount of material and small samples to see if we are able to actually trap global gases. Mm -hmm. So it does work, but of course, doing something in the lab and bringing out into the market it's is a, different a completely <laughs> different situation. Yeah, because course. you know, when we prepare a material, we go through different steps. For example, if you are placing the material in um, in an XPS system that's an electron spectroscope, mm -hmm. so it's a vacuum chamber. We The sample we have prepared, sometimes we have to heat it up. We have to burn it for the carbon or for the uh, to clean the in the material, actually. We have, uh, we have to do different processes through that. Mm -hmm. So, of course, we have done some experiments through which we are able to trap gases. But, of course, to transforming those materials, into scale the material bringing up into the market mm -hmm. now we are in that process to prepare that to work on that to focus more on that okay. so that's the main target actually yeah to scale oh. up the synthesis exactly <laughs> indeed yeah. you know Fabius, thank you so much for explaining that because again what we want to do is we don't want to overwhelm our audience what we want to do is make things clear for them but yeah. also it's also about helping the public that means um, parents, guardians who are making um, decisions about their children's career or future, what subjects should they take on and that sort of thing. So we want to make sure they, they see what the different diverse roles are within the um, the um, STEM world, for example. I know you're, research, you're still doing research, but then again, you may end up, that's your um, forte, or you may want to go into industry later when you finish 
complete your um, PhD. But then it gives you also talked about um, when you created some uh, a product which they were used and that made a difference. Although it was just for the university, it's also meant that the opportunity to scale up, the opportunity for you to do great things is in the future. And I'm sure you, you, you in your mind, you know where you're going. You maybe not everybody else is, <laughs> but um, the, the, the thing we want to do is let the public understand what we do. We want them to have information so that when they make decisions, it helps them to have that, or the key elements to make that informed decision to help give the right direction to their children or to the young people as well, or, or to females as well. Because you know, one of the things you mentioned in within your environment, are there many females doing what you do? Um, now I do see females coming up, but okay. virtually speaking, the time I started my undergrad and like my MS, like 20 years back, I should say, there were very limited amount of females. And even if they entered this field, not even in Pakistan, even overall globally, if you see, uh, people, women did come into the field, but they never got opportunities sometimes, or sometimes they were not given the equivalence in moving forward for such a um, you, I should say, such a technical field sometimes. Mm -hmm. They were more towards computer-based work or a work which was more into typical into the office, not towards the lab, not uh, technical or heavy work. Yeah, yeah. So, but now things have changed. And also, I would say, uh, even for the uh, people or the parents listening, like for the coming up generation, the field of science and technology, like if you talk about STEM, it's, it's like a never-ending because science is, Really, uh, like you know, moving forward and forward. Yeah, the revolution is—it's exactly. a great revolution, and it's yeah. going to be more greater day by day. Indeed. So, and then, and all at the same time, if we talk about uh, the environment connecting to it, I would definitely say that since uh, we have so many things uh, coming up because of the ozone layer and the different things going to harm the earth, so we should—it's above high time, we should think about how to control the environmental hazards. So I think everybody should start, if not everybody, like we definitely need people in different fields also. But yeah. you should come forward in this side and this side and look into different aspects of it. It's not only if you work in nanomaterials or preparing materials like this for some cleaning the environment. Yes, several ways. Even if you talk about energy, the producing clean energy, like solar energy, wind energy, and also um, hydrogenated energy. So these are all very um, the fields which have a good scope, and they are really good for the environment. Which is, uh, I think, people should look forward into it. And they, there are lots of lots of things to research. Look into it. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's a very vast field. You can come and find different several opportunities. Indeed. We need people coming in, really. Yes, we do. Because everyone has their own idea. Everyone has their own thinking. Exactly, exactly. And so, do you know, because what well, you're right, and I think we, and because science, STEM in itself uh, is evolving, there's so many things going on in the science field, the research, technology is evolving all the time. So they, you know, talk about the hardware side of things and the software side of things, but also people side of things, um, design centric. It's, it's about ensuring that we're looking at the bigger picture and how we can, make our world a better place because really if you think about it the world as we have it now we are of of, of people are we have been involved in in where we see ourselves in the sense of the things with decisions we've made 
And so we have to re change that decision and for the better of not just for the environment, but also for our young, the next generation coming up, because if we don't with their implications. So what I would love from you, please, is give us five practices. You already mentioned some of them, but you, you can just summarize the five things you would like to see to, to ensure that that change will occur, but also from the education side of things, you talked about bringing more people, people have ideas, we need those ideas to translate from just ideas to things that are now tangible, that can make that impact and change the world that we're living in for the betterment of, of humankind. Basically, I would say it has to be, it's actually a whole chain which starts right from the bringing up of the kids. The way that students are emphasized in the school, that plays a very important role. And, and I'm very glad now the system has changed a lot. The time when we went to school was different. And now yeah. children going to school, STEM has been, science has been influencing the kids in all, in a very different way. Yeah. So the making the mindset for the coming time is first the basic key, like giving them the mindset of working in this direction for a clean energy is the first step towards having a real clean environment. Next, we should look into how we can make better use of the renewable energy. If you talk about renewable energy, I would say, I don't know if I mentioned it earlier here, but for the audience, uh, renewable energy is basically using the source which cannot finish, for example, water, like we have in a huge quantity, sun, it's never going to die. Or for example, um, I should say wind. So using those, bringing those sources into our energy system, and I should say using them as an alternate. In fact, it, it is being used as an alternate. What we look into the future for sustainable solutions is substituting them actually, not even alternating them, substituting them to save the environment, making most and most the use of it. So that I would say to focus most of all, mm -hmm. to substitute the uh, renewable energy sources okay. into everyday life, wherever okay. it can be practical, okay. using different systems and promoting more and more su such type of systems, uh, which could be good for the environment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Indeed, you know, it's so true. It's, it's, it's that from the very beginning we cannot miss that we can't start in the middle we need to make sure that that it's about educating really it's changing people's way of thinking and seeing the need for us to bring change but in a positive way before it's no longer about the profit margin it's no longer about us saying oh yeah this is a quick fix it's about the long-term um ideas and 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 tools that will help us improve our environment not just for us today but also for the next generation coming through and you know uh, I'm, I'm so grateful to you labor that you came on board and you had a conversation i know it's very short but really you you know you're a well not golden nuggets have been passed on and i really would appreciate i'm sure the audience will enjoy what you've said and you know and i wish you the very best in completing your phd but also I'm going to watch out for you because I, I, I believe you've got lots of ideas in your head, but you're not sharing with us right now. I see the things that you will bring to change. And I think that's so important because we need, as you're saying, people with different ideas that will, that will change the way we do things, especially where the environment is concerned and using the nat using nature. So talk about the sun, the wind, water, whatever we need to make our to improve our planet, because it's us 
we live in that planet. We shouldn't complain about it. And if you complain, let's bring some solutions as well. And that's what you have done today. So I, again, I want to say thank you so much for coming on board. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No Before problem. going away, I have two things to tell you, which I missed. Okay. One thing more I should have also mentioned, and we have been all talking about energy and everything. Mm -hmm. And apart from energy, changing the environment and changing system, we also have to look into things that we can recycle actually. That's yeah. a very major impact on the environment. It is yes. going to have a real major impact. Okay. And the second thing I wanted to mention here, because you just said about, uh, talked about the cost and prices of such things. Mm -hmm. So you know what the scientists are actually doing, what we talk about changing into the preparing of the materials, changing into uh, from micro to nano and researching to bring better and better solution is what to make, make the energy cost effective. Indeed. To make it more effective and make it more easy and productive and more easy to achieve for common people also. Yes. So that since at present, since the solar energy is very expensive, uh, the if you try to achieve it through the solar panels and by putting the whole solar system, it's a big cost. Mm. So the, all the researchers and scientists are actually in this thing to work and bring the cost down and. USA is actually there are 17 departments of energy in USA and it is mainly it is quite a lot focusing on reducing the price and even different part of the world people are trying to work on it so many people are on board for that, that and that's great I think you're right many people are seeing the importance of us to change and what we need to do and you're, you're quite right and the point you've made is definitely and I, you know I'm sure when the audience when the people hear you they will see the need and what are the opportunities what are the things we should we can do ourselves because it's not just about the big institutions it's but also us as individuals as well we have a role to play everybody has a role to play to improve our environment our planet itself so again thank you so much labor i'm really grateful for you to come on board again this is margaret Ajibola, the stem positive disruptor the reason why this platform has been set up is we want to educate our audience we want to raise awareness change people's perception demystify what science technology engineering and mathematics is we want to bring the public into our domain we also want to showcase what the diverse roles what is happening. So for example, Laiba is a research assistant and she's working towards her PhD as well. So there are lots of opportunities for young people, but also female or people from diverse backgrounds who haven't considered coming on board that this is actually, if I, there's somebody who looks like me, of course, if she can do it, I can do it too. So again, I want to say thank you so much, Laiba, and I really appreciate it. Again, thank you all. Bye-bye.